What difference can one person make in a global pandemic? In this day and age where there's so much disconnection, us being able to provide even just for one week an opportunity where kids are able to see and talk and at least be close to other kids, it's really special for me to get that immediate feedback that they've been able to have a highlight through something like an avid for adventure camp. We're living in uncertain times, surrounded by chaos, fear, even outrage. But a new world is emerging, putting forth beams of hope, healing, community, and recovery. Welcome to Luminaries in the Dark, hopeful stories about people pivoting their life and their work to rise above chaos and help those in need. I'm your host, Bruce Bracken. It's summertime, filled with beautiful days and sunshine. Yet many of us are sitting at home, dreaming about the outdoor adventures, hikes, or summer camps we used to so frequently enjoy, and lamenting the challenges we now face in getting together for social outdoor activities. But as we're about to learn, you don't always have to go to the adventure. Sometimes, the adventure will come to you. Today we're joined by Paul Dreyer, Chief Empowerment Officer of Avid for Adventure, and learn how he has pivoted their summer camp programs in order to continue to bring outdoor excitement and fun to young adventurers. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the show. You were born in South Africa, moved to the United States as a small child, and in looking at your extensive set of experiences and accomplishments, you obviously hit the ground running at a younger age. You've been a huge impact all around the world, and I'm not sure how many travel points you've amassed, but I'm guessing you've collected quite a few karma points. Tell us a bit about your life and your background and the journey that led you to Avid for Adventure. Thanks so much, Bruce. Pleasure to be on the show today. I feel incredibly grateful for my story and, as you mentioned, my ability to, to really learn from and be of support to a lot of programs and a lot of individuals around the world. The shortest answer to what led me to where I am right now, after I was born in South Africa, I grew up on the East Coast just outside of Boston in New England. And I lived a very, very stereotypical New England lifestyle. And I, I don't want to offend any of your New England listeners, but it's very much keeping up with the Joneses and do good in school, do good in college, get a job, make a bunch of money and follow that sort of classic, stereotypical, quote-unquote, American dream. And I lived that lifestyle through my undergrad, where I got a degree in business. And then my first, quote-unquote, real job out, out of undergrad was at a big corporate bank doing financial analyst work. And I did that work for about one year and then moved west to Utah to become a ski bum. And that introduced me to a just a different way of thinking in a different community and started me down this pathway of outdoor education and adventure education and experiential education. And then it was a lot of one things leading to another, working for a lot of programs, traveling around the world, doing that sort of work that led me to where I am right now, the CEO of Avid for Adventure. So with your love for adventure and being outdoors, what is your favorite thing you like to do outdoors or while camping and just out of curiosity, what is your least favorite thing to do? It's interesting. On the most favorite, it's a tough one. I, I split time between climbing, paddling, and mountain biking, and I truly love all of those things. If I had to choose one, I would say the 
the multi-day extended river trip where you just get to disconnect for multiple days and camp along the river as you're traveling on a raft or a kayak or stand-up board. That potentially is my most favorite kind of extended outdoor trip. Least favorite, it's a tough one because I think a lot of times what I've heard people say is, oh, when the weather is really poor, when it's raining or snowing or really windy. But for me, that makes for the best story. So even in the down times of being outdoors, it's still things that I love to do outside. So hard for me to choose a thing that I don't like to do out there. You know, in in talking with people who spend a lot of time outdoors or in the wilderness, I find that many of them seem to have these kind of profound aha moments of kind of maybe self-discovery or, you know, thoughts on the world and whatnot. What would you say is the most profound life lesson or aha moment you discovered due to your experiences in adventure and in helping others? Yeah, so many individual moments that really in terms of the primary life lesson that that I think of when I think of tons of specific moments, they all often come back to the one life lesson of self-confidence and empowerment. I can think of many times where I've been by myself and also with a group where things go wrong and there's natural consequences and natural struggles and adversity that I have had to just overcome and getting to that other side and overcoming, and it's a bit cliche, but but surviving, just getting to that to the other side where where you can say, wow, that was really hard. I wasn't sure how I was going to figure out how to get through that point of adversity, but I did it. I made it and I figured out and I problem solved for myself. That feeling of empowerment and that feeling of additional boost of confidence, I think not only creates you a, a better outdoors person, but it really is so transferable to any aspect of your life where the times of uncertainty and times of adversity, you can say, I know this feeling and I can get through to the other side here as well. And obviously right now with COVID-19, we've never lived in, in a greater time of uncertainty. So moments in the outdoors have proven so helpful for me in these moments. Do you think kids today are missing out on those opportunities of self-growth? Largely, yes. I, I feel like we are living in not only such a digitally connected landscape, but because of that, There's this ingrained in all of us, not just kids, but kids that are growing up with such easy access and connection to the internet, kids want and get very much used to having immediate answers and having immediate fixes and less and less natural struggles and natural adversity. And without that practice, without that exposure to certain elements of risk and certain elements of consequence, when kids are then later on faced with unintended risk and consequence, they're not practiced and don't have certain skills to to respond, I I think. So I think this connected nature is in many ways not setting up kids for success. Avid for Adventure seeks to change that mindset of kids in, in this digital and virtual era and encourages them to explore the outdoors, to have active lifestyles, Talk to us a bit about what Avid for Adventure is, the programs, how it encourages kids to get out more, and what your role is. Our mission in this world is to empower kids, to, as you mentioned, to lead active and healthy lifestyles in the outdoors. 
We do that primarily through summer programs, but also programs with schools as well. And we start our programs at the youngest age. So in preschool, ages three and four, starting to get kids outside, building confidence in themselves, learning skills in the outdoors through activities like rock climbing and paddling, mountain biking, hiking, and camping. Our programs go through teenage years, but again, starting at that earliest age, because we know just like learning a language, if, if we delay and learn a language later in life, it's just more difficult. So if we can still and empower kids at this youngest age, there's going to be longer lasting effects. And the programs we run, we, we run day camp programs, your classic summer camps, Monday through Friday. We run sleepaway resident camps, and we also run week-long expeditions, so camping programs in small groups where kids have to really take care of themselves and their small groups on, on their own. And we, we do that across several states, Colorado, California, and Oregon currently. So that's a little bit of what we do. You asked what my role is. You know, my title is CEO, but internally that stands for Chief Empowerment Officer, a little play on words there, that I feel like my role is to to empower our staff, both our full-time staff and our hundreds of seasonal instructors, which are out there doing the work with the kiddos, empowering them to, to feel our mission and to really feel the value of our work and empower them to live their true and authentic selves. I love that. Chief Empowerment Officer. The kid in me wants to know, do you ever offer any of these sorts of uh, adventures or experiences to adults out there? I totally appreciate the question, Bruce. It's a very common question that a lot of our parents ask. And the, the short answer is not really. We learned as a business years ago that we want to do just what we're best at and, and concentrate our efforts really on that, that empower with kids and you know, in many ways, we, we do work with adults, and, and that's our hundreds of, of staff that, that we work with training. We used to do family adventures, family camping programs, and there might come a time in our history where, where we layer those programs back in, where we're taking not only the kids, but families, multiple families together out for a weekend, out for a week-long camping trip, where there are times during the day and then the evenings for, for these families to connect with each other and connect with kids. So we do foresee a day where we will layer those back in. But currently, we are focused just on the kids and just on our staff. How long has Avid Ford Venture been around? How did it get started? And where did it start? Where are you located? We were founded in 2004. So this is our 16th year. And we were founded in and are still based in Boulder, Colorado. But as mentioned, we, we uh, run programs right now in three states and are, are looking to, to grow to other regions of the country as well. In terms of the how and why we were started in 2004, the founder, a good friend of mine, Dave Secunda, at that time, Dave had two young daughters. He still has two daughters that are older now, but they were about three years old and five years old in 2004. And he was noticing in 2004 that he and others of us who, who were just steeped in the outdoors, we, we were still having trouble and he was having trouble getting his own daughters outside because of the logistics and the gear and lives were just so busy. And, and so that was a factor. Just selfishly, he wanted his daughters outside and also in 2004, in the early 2000s, it was really the first time across our country that we were seeing increasing rates of childhood diabetes and childhood obesity and 
increasing rates in screen time as, as so many screen products were being developed then during that dot-com era. And so really in this changing line, landscape with those increasing rates and the decreasing rates of just kids getting outdoors and funding for physical education in schools, Dave started Avid in an effort to combat and reverse those trends, to decrease those rates across the country of childhood obesity and and diabetes, and really to to be of service to parents in this growing faster and faster pace environment where, where people are having difficulty getting their own kids outdoors. If you're going to start an adventure program or an adventure camp, Boulder is definitely one of the places to do it. And it's obviously become popular because you you mentioned a, a moment ago that you've spread at least to a couple other states. Talk to us a bit about that growth and, and how it's being viewed in your other locations as well. For sure. We're, we're excited that we uh, have started from and are based in Boulder, Colorado. I think we get a lot of street cred with that from climbers and bikers and paddlers out there. Really, it's a great place to launch adventure from. In terms of growth, I get calls on a weekly basis from folks around the country saying, hey, when are you opening Avid in Nashville and New York and Austin, Texas and Seattle, Washington? And to all of those parents, we're we're coming. (laughs) We're, We're coming. We're excited to expand and grow into other places because we know that, unfortunately, those rates of childhood obesity and those decreasing rates of funding for schools, those are only continuing. And so we feel that what we have to offer, unfortunately, is just in more of a need and desire than ever right now. And talking about offering these experiences to the kids, what kinds of skills and activities are you encouraging them to learn and get involved in? Yeah, our core sports are rock climbing, paddling, mountain biking and hiking. We also do other just general outdoor education like camping skills and survival skills. And we've layered in skateboarding in recent times as well. So those are our core, what we say our core technical sports, but really we are not promoting and trying to make the best climbers and the most gung-ho mountain bikers or, or paddlers. Really, we just want to provide some skill development for that feeling of empowerment and confidence building, like I was saying. So, you know, somebody that that feels a struggle point and then a success through that struggle point, just doing a, a very simple rock climb or a very simple paddle stroke, that is so important to transfer to just confidence in other areas of their lives. And the one other thing that I would add on that is across a thread line through all of our activities is just connection to the environment and connection to natural spaces, hoping to instill a love for protection of those natural spaces. Uh, we, we have a deep partnership with an organization called Leave No Trace. So we, we teach our kids the principles of Leave No Trace and the principles of outdoor ethics so they can carry for that forward with whatever they're doing, whether that's a technical sports or, or just taking a hike or a walk in the woods, that they move through the world and move through outdoor spaces with an ethic of protection for those spaces. That's really great. So it's not just activities, but really teaching them the skills and the ethics in how to do those activities and, and do them properly, safely, and enjoy them and have fun. Yeah. So now that we're in the middle of summer, I'm guessing this is a really busy time for you, but I'm I'm curious, especially since you are located in Boulder with all of the 
winter activities available. Do you offer winter camp as well, or is this primarily a summer camp? We don't offer winter programs, uh, and that's very purposeful. The winter for us is actually my most busy season, and folks who work full-time for us, it's our busiest season in planning up for the following summer. So we really need to take a break and make sure that we are really planned up for the following summer because, as you mentioned, the summer is, is so busy, and every year we layer on more and more and different programs for the following summer. This summer is a, a bit of a different experience for everyone, but kids especially. When we were impacted by COVID-19, how did that affect you personally? And how did you see that affect the communities around you? Yeah, definitely. When you say it was a bit of a different experience for us this summer, uh, times a thousand. We, we've never experienced, as we know, anything like this in the past. And, you know, in, in early March, when the news of COVID was, was really hitting us, you know, per personally, it, it hit me pretty hard in a way that in my professional experience, I've never dealt with anything with greater uncertainty as this. And at Avid, we have about 30 full-time staff and hundreds of seasonal employees. And on any typical year, we have tens and thousands of families and kids that we serve. And so as COVID through March and April was growing and changing and so much uncertainty continued to exist, I felt a, a giant weight on my shoulders and really on the shoulders of Avid of how we could serve kids and how we will be able to serve parents and our staff who are really going to need through this summer more than any other summer, that boost of confidence and that boost of empowerment because so much is out of our control. And so there, there was a, a huge weight on us as an organization, I think, through this spring. And, and because of that, very early on, we decided to put our heads down and pivot from our existing programs and design Really, we designed three brand new businesses for us to launch and be confident launching programs, alternative programs for this summer. And I'm really proud of the work that, that the team at Avid did in order to really bring ingenuity and creative thinking on how to do an alternative style of programming in this new reality we work at. And, and that, that is what has unfolded this summer. We're at a a way smaller scope than we would have been in a normal summer, but hundreds of staff have been able to get jobs with us this summer, and we're still able to serve many thousands of kids and parents this summer. That's great that you were able to keep you know, a lot of the employees and also continue to serve the kids and parents. I'm sure as you were kind of looking out in the community that their needs through this time period has changed quite a lot. How did you discover kind of what the, the new needs from the parents and kids out in the communities were? And then what was your process in creating these new three programs? Yeah, you bet. In terms of our decision-making process and understanding the needs of parents, really, we did a lot of listening. And we, we did some focus grouping. We did a lot of survey work with our parents and also our staff to understand the needs and perhaps most importantly, the worries and concerns that staff had and that parents had. And what ended up unfolding 
and and I think it is still true now is that there were varying levels three primary levels of risk tolerance that parents had and that staff had as well. The highest level of risk tolerance being, oh my goodness, we've been in quarantine for a while now. This was in April. Come summer, sure, we have some concerns, but fundamentally, we just want our kids out and where we know that there's not too many adverse effects typically for a younger generation. So we want camp as close to typical as possible. That was one layer, the highest amount of risk tolerance that parents were able to lean into. And the tier down from that was the parent who had slightly less risk tolerance. So they they were willing to say, okay, I'm okay for my kid to to leave the house and and do camp in person, but I want a more controlled environment where maybe they're only interacting with kids that they know and families that we know that their levels of quarantining and isolation through the stay-at-home orders. And then the, the third tier of parent risk tolerance was you know, things are just continue to be so ever-changing and so incredibly uncertain. And, and this is, you know, we've never seen a virus like this in our time. And so parents that were just unwilling to, to do in-person programming this summer. And with those three tiers, we, we really designed three different alternative day camp programs. With the first one, something that we call small group adventures. So these are kind of as close as we could get to camp as usual. These are in person, but in small groups. Usually our group sizes are up to 13 kids. And so now these small group adventures, groups meet in four or five and parents drop off at those trailheads or reservoirs or rivers or climbing crags. It still is kind of camp as usual. Kids who might not know each other coming together, but in small groups and with no transportation. That was one of the programs, alternative programs we created. Second program for that second tier down risk tolerant parent is something that we call camp at home. So these are in-person programs, but as the name implies, these happen at and nearby one host parent's house. And these are, again, for small groups, kids up to the group size is four or five kids. And this is a private group. So parents are able to form their own groups with neighborhood kids, with their close friends or their cousins, perhaps. And, and you have one instructor who, who comes to your house or, or nearby park spaces. And for, for me, it's almost like the adventure nanny or, or Mary Poppins, wh- who can rock climb, comes to your house with, with, with their bag of tricks and, and camp unfolds in and near your house. And then the third program that we created is online camp. And we've seen a lot of examples of this in different educational spaces. We feel like we have created a, a unique product that, that really brings brings Avid for Adventure and adventure programming into your living room without in-person programming. And again, this is for that least risk-tolerant parent. And these are week-long programs, but only two and a half hours a day because we all know that it is hard to be on the screen, even with interactive and engaging program for a really extended period of time. So those are our three programs that we've unrolled this year, the Small Group Adventures, Camp at Home, and uh, an Adventure, Avid for Adventure Online Camp. I love the idea of all three of those programs. Are there new or unique skill additions or activity additions that you've incorporated? And were those based on parent and kid needs or based on bringing the camp in the Mary Boppins style bag of tricks to a backyard. How did that evolve? What does that look like now in relation to how it used to look? One of the things that 
has been really a blessing in disguise uh, uh, through the COVID-19 spring that was March, April, and May, is that it really did force us to think differently. And whenever we as humans are faced with crisis, I, I think there are opportunities and creative lessons that, that we we always learn. And, and for sure, we have learned things through the creation of these three new programs that definitely will, will change our thinking and change our programs forever. We were really skeptical about online camp and whether we could create an engaging and interactive program that really brought Avid for Venture into people's houses through the screen. And we feel confident we've done that. And one of the really great outgrowths of that, that we were so excited in the creation of this product is, I think it speaks really well to increasing equity and increasing inclusion efforts around outdoor and adventure sports. Forever, outdoor adventure and outdoor education have been much too exclusive. And I think cater way too much to populations that that just have a lot of privilege in their world based on socioeconomics, based on race and ethnicity. And the online product in many ways is able to level the playing field because regardless of where you live, regardless of easy access that you have to the outdoors, you're able to to get this engaging education through a very, very small, minimal, if if any, price point for, for us. So I love this concept of bringing the adventure virtually to the adventurer. Describe a little bit more about what that online camp looks like and the experiences that are brought to the online adventurer. I think most importantly, and where I'd like to start is when we first started designing online camp, which was this brand new business concept that we had never thought of before, we started with the most important thing that we could bring to really exhibit the avid for venture way to, to really show up in this virtual way in someone's house. And what that was for us is the connection with our instructors. For 16 years since we've been running programs, when I talk to 100% of parents, they say that the most special, the most different thing about avid and why they keep coming back year after year is the connection that their kids have with our instructors. So we were not willing to let go of that. And so everything, how we designed this this online camp is about how we can maintain that connection, how instructors through a screen and working with a, a group of 15 or so kids can still instill that feeling where at the end of the day at camp, at two and a half hours on a screen, a kid can go to their mom or dad or caregiver and say, I love camp because my avid for adventure instructor they saw me. They saw me as a human. They saw me as a unique individual. And they, they really got me. They, they understood me. And so everything that we designed from the activities that we do to the training of our staff is all about creating that connection, even through the screen that instructor is going to have with each and every one of those kids every day of camp. And so that was the root. And in terms of the activities that we do, we can't put a kid in a kayak in the water. We can't take them rock climbing. So we've pivoted those to three main categories of empowerment in the outdoors. And we teach skills around family camping. 
For example, how to, when you go camping with your family, how to hang what's called a bear rope. So at the end of the day, if you're in bear country, how to put all your food together and hang it over a tree or get it off the ground to protect it environmentally from bears and other animals. So kids actually get to practice that in their backyard or in their kitchen, just have fun and and to empower them to maybe the next time that they're outside with their own family that they can say, oh, I want to give this a try. Right. So there's skills around family camping. There's skills around what we call emergency response. So we have a ton of fun teaching real and authentic skills around basic outdoor first aid and outdoor response. And then also basic skills around what we call expeditions. So more multi-day expeditions where maybe if you are on a, on a river or on a backpacking trip, what are things that you would have to think about around leave no trace and where you travel or how to build an appropriate fire or what to put in your backpack and what not to put in your backpack. So, so real authentic skills that kids can practice and use in the future and obviously have a whole bunch of fun with too. That's a, that's a big part of camp. That sounds really exciting. And I'm curious how you implement the online camp. I think you said there were up to 15 adventurers online at a time. Where is the instructor located? Are they doing it out of their home? What's their process for having the kids together in the camp? And are they interacting with each other? I'm wondering because when we use like our online video conferencing at Microsoft, we typically mute ourselves except for the presenter. And that's just so we aren't distracting to one another. But I could see how it might be advantageous to actually have maybe the kids unmuted so that they can all talk to each other, hear each other. Yeah, there's been some really fun innovation and opportunity in terms of the instructors and and how they show up. We use Zoom as our technology, so it's something that we're all familiar with now. And, you know, we have been able to draw and pull in some of our best staff and best instructors ever (laughs) who live truly around the world. We we have one of our lead online camp instructors is living in Mexico right now, and one is living in Canada, and others are scattered across the the U.S. So we're able to draw from instructors that, that are not only in the physical geographies of where we operate in-person camps. So that's been incredible. And, you know, instructors are able to connect from wherever they are. So it is typically their homes. And in terms of how things show up on the screen for kids, that group, you are able to see all of the kids, which is really fun. And we do have, we do go in and out of listening to the instructor and listening to some pre-recorded materials and also group sharing where the instructor would go around the circle, so to speak, and have kids share um, what they learned or, or what they would like to learn. In the spirit of how Avid for Adventure was initially created with the thought of helping treat obesity and diabetes and other health risks in children, for the online camp, since the kids aren't able to actually get out to a trailhead and hike, do you do any sort of physical activities with the kids, like teaching them proper rowing technique in a kayak and and have everyone perform it? 
Yeah, it's a great question, Bruce. And, and we do layer in movement and physical skills. So it might be teaching the stroke technique for how to paddle a canoe. We also do movement-based nature lessons. So for example, we'll do short yoga classes where all of the yoga poses will be nature based ideas. So mountain pose, and there's varying different animal poses in yoga. So they really are tapping into physicality and keeping themselves healthy, but also continue to provide that connection to to natural and outdoor spaces. Got it. And speaking of the physical activities, moving to the camp at home program, where the, the instructor will go to a person's house, I'm really interested to hear how those activities differ from the typical summer camp or small group adventures. I guess in part, I'm wondering if an instructor goes to a child's house kind of in an urban setting, how do you apply those adventure principles, techniques, and experiences in that neighborhood? What we've done with our instructors, we've we've designed and trained our instructors with a multi-week curriculum. So they have a lot of things to choose from. For example, survival skills. So how to build a shelter out of whatever you can find outdoors to additional real outdoor cooking. So using small little backcountry backpacking type stoves to to cook meals to a biking curriculum and to a hiking curriculum and, and more of a camping and expedition and leave no trace curriculum. So the instructors have more curriculum than they could possibly do in a week with the kids and with the different families. And so that really enables them to use their environment and really customize this curriculum. It is built for two families and two kids that after everybody meets on that first Monday, they're able to co-create the rest of the week. And we're really able to provide further empowerment with the kids to bring them into the scheduling of what is most exciting, what's going to be most empowering for you. And then the instructor is able to, to choose different aspects of the curriculum to bring based on interest of the kids. And as you mentioned, what's fundamentally just available to them in their environment that they're at. And that might look totally different the next week of camp when they show up at a different house. That's really fantastic to involve the kids in the planning process of their camp and what they're learning. I remember when I was a kid, it was such a thrill just to even like pitch a tent out in the back lawn and camp overnight. So as part of these experiences, the camp at home program, I know it's considered a a day program, but do you offer any of those kind of overnight experiences like have the kids build a tent and camp out overnight and then check on them in the morning? Yeah. So in response to COVID-19, we developed these three brand new alternative day camps. We also, in a, in a normal year, run, as I mentioned before, sleepaway resident camps and also these week-long expeditions. Unfortunately for this summer, we did cancel all of our resident camps, our sleepaway camps where kids sleep in cabins and it's large group meeting areas. And very fortunately, we we were able to and are running our expedition camp. So these are five-night camping trips, a week long, um, where kids go and do just as you described. They're living in tents. They're in small groups, um, no more than 13 kids uh, and two of our instructors. And they're cooking for themselves and they're doing all those adventure sports. And we, we offer multi-sport adventure or kids can focus just on climbing or just on paddling or just on mountain biking for their week expedition. So we have been able to run those throughout the summer, our overnight expeditions. 
for your small group adventures, as you're bringing together children who don't know each other, you know, I'm sure that you take extraordinary precautions for their safety and health. What extra training did you provide the instructors for these camps during this time? Yeah, well, very fortunately, you know, we are accredited by the American Camp Association and in Colorado, we're a licensed child care provider. So even before COVID-19 hit, we have many policies and many standards just in place that all of our instructors and all of our staff need to meet, both in terms of just basic first aid type skills and wilderness first aid, CPR. And then much beyond that, every every instructor, including this year, goes through a week-long training period where they are trained on specific sports, like a day of training around mountain biking, day of training around paddling and training around rock climbing, hiking, all of those sports that we do. And so there's this basic accreditation credentials that they must meet that they need to go through our intensive training period. And then beyond that, as opposed to many other camps out there, the average age of, of our staff is somewhere in the mid-20s, so, so 25 or 26. Our staff that we hire, it's not folks that are doing this work for a summer job out of high school or in, in college. These are folks that, that have life experience and that are outdoor educators already or, or wanting to become outdoor educators for, for their career. So these are existing teachers or our staff are often in grad school or have been doing this style of work for, for multiple years. And so we're really proud of our staff. I mentioned this before. It is our key differentiator. Not only the, the credentials that we impart on them and the training that we impart, but the life skills and existing training and outside training that they bring to Abbott. And one thing that I would add, Bruce, is obviously we created a a whole COVID-19 opening plan and all of those policies and procedures specific to COVID-19 are transparent on our website map in for a couple months just so everyone external can understand what we're doing for health screenings and reaction and response, all of those things in the face of COVID-19. So it sounds like you've got all the bases covered and the programs that you have created for kids just sound amazing. I also went to your website and saw that it looks like a lot of these camps are already waitlisted. So obviously they are extremely popular. How else are you gauging the success of the programs? Yeah, there are, are three main ways that we gauge success every year, not, not just this year in COVID-19, is looking at parent satisfaction. And we, we do that through tracking every week our net promoter score, our NPS. So that's number one, parent satisfaction. Second is our staff satisfaction, because if we don't have happy staff, then we're not doing a good job. And the third way that we track success is through our risk management of what we're seeing out there in terms of safety and incidents and first aid responses. And we track all of those. Anytime something happens that is unexpected on a risk management standpoint, our instructors need to fill out a certain documentation. And across all three of those metrics, we are feeling incredibly successful now halfway through the summer. Our NPS, our net promoter score, is as high as any other summer across our programs, which is amazing. And our staff satisfaction and incident rates are not unexpectedly better than in years past, just because we have less staff and, and less user days. So we're having less incidents than ever. And our staff are really happy with, with the new style of programs that we've been able to offer them. And with so many people out of work, I think staff are really just excited that for a way to stay connected and a way to be outdoors with kids this summer. 
And what kind of feedback are, are you receiving from the kids and the parents and even the camp counselors and instructors? I was uh, just at some of our closing ceremonies from our last expeditions. These are uh, week-long camping expeditions and, you know, standing around a circle of kids that couldn't have been more dirty and couldn't have been more happy and just retelling stories of their week out there camping. And the theme that came across in all of their highlights are, this was the best week of the summer because I was able to really just connect with other kids and make a new friend and connect with the outdoors. And I think in this day and age where there's so much disconnection from a physical standpoint of having to keep physical distance from other people, us being able to provide even just for one week an opportunity where kids are able to to see and talk and at least be close to other kids in such a great environment like like outdoor camping. It's really special for, for me to get that immediate feedback that even through this summer that hopefully we'll never experience again and so many negative aspects of a, of a kid's summer this summer that they've able to have a highlight through something like an Avid for Adventure camp. I know that you put a lot of time and effort ahead of time into planning the following summer. What does summer 2021 look like for Avid for Adventure? Are you planning on continuing these current three new programs? Do you have any additional unique pivots in mind for next year? I think like everyone else, we are continuing to listen to our local medical experts and, and the CDC and the WHO and, and all of those public health experts to inform our planning. And so because you know those experts that, that we take our guidance from are still so unsure about what this fall and what next year will look like, we're, we're kind of taking it one step at a time and we're, we're doing a lot of thinking about and talking about next year, but we have no definitive plans. We, we need to wait and learn from the openings of schools. And we know and we are ready and planned up for to do very similar styles of programming as we are right now for next year. So we're confident with that. And then we are hopeful to be able to layer back in things like resident camp, sleepaway camp, and other uh, overnight camp programs in other geographies. But, but we are very much waiting and seeing right now. And for the kids who want to get involved, where can they go to sign up and jump into the adventure? Yeah, we do still have some limited availability for this summer. And there's a really easy page on our website that shows availability across all weeks. And that website is avid4.com. So that's A-V-I-D and then the number 4.com. And we don't have 2021 up and ready to register for yet, but, but that registration will go live this fall for both day camps and overnight camps for next year. That sounds great. Paul, you all are doing such amazing work over there, and it's amazing to hear these new programs that you're offering to kids, and it seems to be hugely popular and just taken off. Well, it's a pleasure to talk with you, Bruce. Hope to see you outside one day. Thank you for joining us here on Luminaries in the Dark, and thank you for continuing to bring adventure to the kids. It's important during these uncertain times that we do what we can to help light the path through the darkness. I'm your host, Bruce Bracken, for Luminaries in the Dark. Stay safe, stay healthy.